private practice owners. It's time to change the status quo that's leaving us and our staff burned out and our patients dissatisfied because we don't have the time nor the energy to give them the care they deserve. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Providers Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Rombach, a cardiothoracic surgery PA and an international peak performance keynote speaker and author. If you're ready to rewrite the rules for your own practice so you can have more time off, a great team, and more income while delivering better patient care, then join us for inspiring interviews with thought leaders in the medical industry. Each week, we discuss improvements to operational efficiency, reducing provider fatigue, increasing access to meet patient expectations, and introducing the next generations of healthcare innovations. This is your defining moment to be a disruptor in healthcare. As a medical provider, we're still humans and it's in our instinct to feel lustful. We have that desire to crave for love and pleasure. However, don't you feel deprived when you can't even keep up with your own schedule? You're missing so much in life because you have chosen to take care of everybody else around you. Why not take back your humanity and give pleasure to yourself instead? Our guest today walked away from a 25 years marriage because she felt her body abandoned. She rediscovered her body and now she's more fulfilled than ever before. Tara Galliano, a love and relationship expert, gave us advices on self-pleasure. Today, we're really talking about hmm, the subject of love, lust, and how do we pleasure ourselves and recognizing everything that we have to discover. And instead of being what? We're always on the go. We're always doing something. I'm feeling like there's no time in the day to do anything, especially who you are as a woman. And so many of us, the busy high performers in medicine, we feel like we have to be the best partner, the best daughter, the best mom, the best career woman. But when's the last time you just thought about, I've been giving so much away that I don't even know what I want to how to make my life the better thing to reclaim pleasure as a crucial essentialist sound. When was the last time you truly understood what you want? And that's why we are bringing Tara here. And she is has been an amazing lady who walked away from a very long marriage and realizing herself, she's been someone who have to rediscover her body and that she been giving so much away herself. How do you reconnect? To that part of you to understand the right and understand pleasure, understand that you have to draw these type of wisdom so your life overall can be better in every aspect and now the other way around. And now she has been amazing publishing author, speaker, rounds retreats, and sharing these wisdoms with you. So Tara, thank you so much for being here. Such a pleasure, Sabrina. 
Yeah. So please share us a little bit more about your background, your journey. How did you felt that when you have been in your journey of being a professional woman and then uh, overcoming that breakup of a long years of 25 years of marriage, I really think about, wow, I'm stepping into the right way of turning my life around and now teaching people as a sex therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I was married for 25 years. And what I discovered was that I had been pretty much abandoning myself that I hadn't been showing up for myself and truly in my relationship, the way that I want to now, uh, the way that I know to now. And the biggest piece of that was not being in my body in an embodied way where I now know so much more pleasure in my body. And I also know the wisdom of my body that I can't think my way through life. Like I can't live my life cerebrally from this head all the time but I need to come into my body. And when I know the wisdom of my body, I know more pleasure, I know more expansion, and truly I know more abundance and more prosperity. And so that is the work that I bring forward with women. And it's not just about sex and sexuality, but it is really about more expansion in our beings and our bodies. Yeah, so well said. Do you think a lot of us actually thinking in reverse. We have to get to a certain type of optimum state before we can allow ourselves to discover pleasure, to discover what we want in our body, because that seems to be so selfish in a way to think about ourselves instead of, oh, I got so many other people or bigger career goal. I'm running my big practice. I'm a leader from this uh, clinic, from the hospital branch. I have so much on my shoulder. How can I allow myself to think about this part of me? Yeah, yeah, I think certainly <laughs> we've, we've got that backwards in so many ways is that the power comes from within. And then when it overflows, it goes in the direction that it's meant to as we're serving others, as we're doing the work that we're here to perform. And it's not that the outside or the external world gives that to us that we are the generator of that energy. Um, and that's what I think oftentimes we don't learn or we don't understand, or it's just not taught to us effectively as women. Right. We were taught as any type of environment in professional world or in family is you learn certain type of skill and you survive. And somehow after all these years of history, we're still in that survival mode. And so little amount of time we can say, I can still thrive, can still be very driven by this bigger social uh, life mission I'm creating, but it doesn't take away who I am as a person and how I actually can enjoy the moment of right now. At the same time, I'm allocating time for everything else in life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I really see that it's a paradigm shift for so many of us, that it is radically disrupting the culture that we live in that, again, creates a focus that's outside of ourselves. And that when we are the best, whoever we are, right, I am the best Tara that I can be, then I can show up more fully, give others permission to be more fully themselves. And then again, I have more energy to serve and do the work that I'm here to do, which is a powerful overflow of energy. And then from that, others, I would say, can drink effortlessly from that overflow, and it never depletes us. 
However, what I have lived in the past and what I see other women doing is kind of enduring or embracing or living the life externally and thinking that that will feed us. And that's a setup for failure and for disruption and for, I would say, autoimmune disease and depletion and stress and overwhelm and fatigue. So well said. And, you know, I focus on the mental fitness side on how do you regenerate time? Because somehow we always feel like there's never enough time for anything. But if I can give you a time makeover, the primary thing there is actually if I'm happier, if you are happier, that every small step that you can make is with joy, with pleasure. And then that will actually give you more confidence and competency to do more of that. Instead, the other way around, we feel like, oh, who am I? Did, did I really serve uh, my patients? Did I really serve everyone in my clinic? Do they really understand my expectation? Am I too much or am I not doing enough? And in, it's so reversed in a way. But where were you in that moment where you left that 25 years of marriage? And then what was the something that you felt like, oh, wow, I did something different. Like this is the moment to change. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say that there were some dramatic um, rush strokes in my life that painted this picture where there was no turning back. And so my life was this telenovela where, thing, where things really disrupted and it exploded in a in a really dramatic way. And that then there was no turning back and there was no way to reconcile within that relationship. But there there we we used every strategy that we could and none of them had effectively healed the trauma and the uh yeah, the pain that was in our relationship. And so just really needed to shut that door and to emphasize that then. Uh, that emotional disruption and that emotional disconnect, I actually then had an appendicitis like a week or two later, and I actually had to have surgery to physically remove all of the crap that I'd endured in my life. And so fortunately, I was saved through that surgery, and um, it was caught in time that it was not paralyzing to me or completely debilitating to me. And then it, it, it enabled me to reset and refocus on my life and what it was that I was doing. And certainly I didn't get it all in that moment, but it set me on a path, changing the trajectory of my life to understand how I need to take full responsibility for all of the things that I'm creating I'm not a victim of circumstance, but I am a powerful creator of this life and that we all are and that I get to choose how I'm creating this life because there is enough time, there is enough pleasure and that I'm not too much and that I get to be the star in my own movie of this life. And because I'm living that more fully now, I create all of the things that I'm willing to create and wanting to create in this moment. And I understand how I needed to unlearn this pattern of victimization that was strangling me. Yeah, that was really powerless. Right. And it's about us wanting to have control and the struggle of 
where am I? Am I with the right people? If I give up, did I regret all these years that I have devoted into someone? And then sometimes it's something. But at the end of the day, we know we create our influences and then we allow certain things to be acceptable or not acceptable in our life, right? How much boundary we can just say no to and be able to stick to that instead of being easy to say yes, but that really has to be like a Hey, yes, I'm so sold on it. I'm stand by it. No matter what society influence, other people feel like it's yeah. right or wrong because they can't be wrong for you guys, for other people, but it might be right for me. And I'm okay with that. I'm honest with yeah. that. And I think that's amazing for you to have that place. So what do you suggest when you work with women? What are some of the primary things you talk to them about when they wanted to now look from within instead of constantly seeking for that outside validation? Yeah. I mean, I would say that is the essence of what I do and that it comes up for heterosexual women in the sexual interaction that they're having with their partners. It's that oftentimes women get stuck in a performative paradigm where they're wanting to experience pleasure by pleasing their partner. So they're not claiming their own pleasure and seeing themselves as a sexually sovereign being where they are responsible for their orgasm, but putting it on their partner that their partner needs to please them or more prominently is that they need to please their partner. And when I think about that, and that is the sole frame of reference, it's never going to work out because that's kind of like leaning on your partner. It's kind of this A-frame where you've got no stability, where it's going to collapse. And so you need to be in integrity and be able to stand on your own and know what your own pleasure is, be able to request it, be able to have a language for it, to know what your desire is. This way you can begin to share that with a partner. So I think it's really deconstructing the sexual paradigm that we've been living in. And one of the most powerful things that comes back to what you were saying about the yes is that we need to know what our no is. And that oftentimes women don't know how to say no sexually, that they give consent when they don't mean to. Uh, And that goes with long-term partners or maybe even just lovers. And again, not to victimize women because we are sovereign beings, that we are sovereign sexual beings. And when we say no, that doesn't work for me, or no, I don't want that, or no, whatever, that that makes our yeses so much more powerful. Love comes in different forms and comes from different sources. It is safe to say that we tend to cling to the love that's available to us. Even so, when the source disappears, you certainly go looking for a replacement. This dependency is a vulnerability and is setting you up for failure. That's why it's important to understand that love can come from yourself. Stop focusing on acquiring pleasure and satisfaction from the outside. Instead, know your worth so you can be happy without someone else's help. Right, because every no is the direction into what I actually want. It's actually easier to say no 
because we actually recognize what doesn't feel good. With so you can say that change it, right? So some people might not have the language and be able to describe so mechanically on what makes them feel good. But when you say no for any experimentation, anything that you are creating, right, in the moment or planning, then at least you have some inclination of oh, because I said no. Therefore, the other two options sounds a lot better. So then, if I try the other option, then the yes is much stronger. Yes, instead of still wondering what could it be. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really important too. Is that the playfulness, um, the imagination, or the humor, or the messiness in the process of like? Oftentimes, we we don't know. Right. It's, it's a cerebral sense of knowing is that we need to feel into it and feel like, oh, that feels pleasurable or that feels good and that it's OK to explore and it's OK to be curious about the process. And then it's not always so linear or so direct or so clear um, that it can just be an exploration and that that's good to be in this mode of wonder. Well, what what does that feel like? And can I try that? And giving oneself permission to explore the pleasure as they follow the pleasure within their body. Exactly. It's that we have to somehow actually stop thinking so much of it, like yeah. shut down that prefrontal cortex, which is <laughs> actually, oh, logical thinking. Is this okay? Did I dress the perfect way? Should I be in certain um months and days of the month, right? To be in a good mood, but we don't have to be because you can create a mood and simply shut that down. And also we have to shut down that amygdala, right? The fight and fly response to say, if I say no, would that person, my partner be opposed in some way? Well, if you're actually giving them directions, then it actually showing we're more confident in ourselves to be able to describe it is actually much more attractive. So I know uh, back in the day when I was learning about confidence, there's the three parts, right? You have your self-confidence, which is exactly what we're talking today, the self-love, like recognizing it's okay to have little bumps on your skin, um, the curviness, right? And then whatever, um, the bigger curves, the smaller, the flat, and that's you, right? That's the love for your that part of body. And then it's the skills part that we talking about. Oh, maybe some of us couldn't really describe it exactly mechanically make it as pleasurable. Then we play, right? And then it's the social part of confidence. It's okay to not know. But I'm confident to ask, to be able to think about what is out there. Can we learn about something? Can we go on vacation? Can we create something? So it's, it's a combination of thinking about confidence. It's not just as most people think, oh, I'm just good at this thing. But it's not all skills-based. Yeah, that's so true. I love the way you explain that, Sabrina, because that is so true. And that when we get in the messiness, we actually can begin to learn some skills. And what I find is that most of us don't have skills when it comes to sex and sexuality. We may have innate inclinations, but we're never taught, for the most part, how to give pleasure to ourselves or to others. We may have viewed pornography, which may have been a big piece of our sexual education, and we may have learned about abstinence, or we may have learned about birth control, 
but to actually learn about pleasure and how to give yourself pleasure or how to relate to ecstasy or how to be orgasmic, we just don't learn. So often what I'm doing with my clients is unlearning the process of what we we do know and allowing the opportunity for more skills to come in because we do have or we place a big expectation on ourselves that we should know. And again, that should knowing comes from the cerebral part. And when we actually feel into it, we know that we didn't get an education or we didn't get these skills and that there we can learn them when we get a little bit messy or we get a little bit curious or we allow ourselves to be in wonder about what brings us pleasure. If you ask, you shall receive. Humans are curious creatures, and we tend to explore more of the unknown. Once you accept your own physicality, you'll have the courage to rediscover your body. Gaining wisdom of your body will give you more insights on how you can attain self-pleasure. Try to feel the depth of connection to yourself so you can savor the novelty to get that new feeling and excitement. Exactly. And I remember this new Netflix series called Sex Education. It's from a British uh, boarding school, if you've ever seen it. And I found it hilarious because it's very true. At the, uh, and you think about the environment, the setting of the series on high school kids, right? And when they're just like, what is that? Oh, I haven't had sex yet. That's not okay. Or I already been there, but I don't even know how to do it. Right. But it's the same thing as we grow into adulthood. Doesn't matter if you already have kids, just because you have kids that first year, that roughness of getting your baby in the right schedule, not even able to sleep with their partner in the same bedroom, right? All that stuff can create additional challenges. So how can you create different experiments or even learn more from what you used to do? Um, would you say those are even crucial for all women to discover themselves in all stages? I absolutely agree because what happens is that we're dynamic beings and our hormones are always changing and pregnancy can be a big disruptor to what we imagine was our normal. And then um, getting going through menopause can be another disruption. So we're always adjusting or readapting to how our body has changed. And that's really a wonderful place to be uh, that we get into the mode of being curious about what's new and fresh for us today and allowing ourselves some opportunity to practice new skills. And so for women who are particularly working with new family, uh, new children, being a parent for the first time and negotiating all of the time constraints that that produces in one's life, that they begin to schedule regular times for connection. Because when that doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't become a priority. And it's one of the things that can easily go out the window and I think sometimes we get stuck on this idea of it's not spontaneous, it's not organic. And the truth of the matter is, if we don't set the form, then the substance never gets an opportunity to arise. So then we don't have a moment for the passion to emerge because we never set the structure for that to happen. We imagine that it would happen in some other time or some other space, and it often doesn't. And so one of the biggest complaints I hear from new parents in particular is that they've not felt that sexual connection with their partner in a really long time. And so I invite people to begin to prioritize it 
and set the time. And it doesn't always need to be for intercourse, that it can be just for hugs, or it can just be for intimate touch, or a physical connection. And that that's probably more important, because what I find is that couples really want greater intimacy. They want greater connection, because that adds to the depth and meaning and complexity and richness of the sexual fulfillment as we grow deeper in love with our partner. So, so true. Um, we just got into the little robot mode of yeah. getting things done all the time. And if we don't prioritize, as you're saying, I intentional set date night with my partner, whether you're just dating, you're married, right? Or in a long-term relationship, you prioritize each other. And it's actually that become organic because you already set time away and that creates a quality of time. Then you become more intentional thinking about, hmm, what could be a good experience for us to do? And that will let into much more of ex- uh, what Tara is saying. Hey, it could be just the intimate discovering. Go find a couple's game, right? Like a go, a go stroll along the beach, like whatever, give each other a piggyback ride, like whatever creative <laughs> way can you be fun with, right? And then um, the other uh, different ideas, the other day I was watching a dating show and um, an exercise they had was simply, all you do is wear an apron and you're cooking for each other, right? And then it was a blindfold with taste and test and you know our olfactory right and that's one of the closest cranial nerve that directly go into your short-term memory so be able to be so creative then we really truly feel like you're dating each other every week right constantly changing our priority because our life changes just because we've been with each other for so many years that doesn't mean people automatically just get you right we can't read each other's brains so this is amazing suggestions (laughs) yeah i love this and that one thing that we all desire is novelty because the novelty sparks the endorphins and then we feel so much better about that experience because when it comes into this robotic mode that it's the same old, same old, and it becomes humdrum and status quo, we're not really satisfied. And so to set the form that, yes, we're going to connect on a regular basis, but to also include this element of surprise is really this a winning combination of success for most relationships, that it, it means setting the intention. Because when things happen um, without the conscious intention, It feels maybe haphazard or it feels like it's about convenience. It doesn't feel like there's intention or commitment to that process. And couples in a committed relationship want to know that there is this opportunity for depth of connection. So it needs to really be this both and piece where the, uh, the dates are set and then the, you know, the novelty can emerge. Exactly. And uh, for those of you who are in those high level position, right? Yes, it can sometimes feel like, oh, is that a true distraction, quote, quote, or actually because you're more pleasured in the way that you live with your partner and with yourself, if there are stressful events happening in your career and you have 
these relationships that you can easily tap into and decrease your stress. Instead, if you're already stressed out and even out creating less of harmony in other area of your life, of course, if you go into another stressful situation, that becomes the tip of iceberg and that everything starts crumbling. So we need to be able to set these personal amazing foundations in life so then we can be that better person in our professional round. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely agree that we need to be resourced. And when we have solid relationships in our life, then it creates more resources for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay not to be able to be an expert in everything. And Tara's an expert in love and relationship and in really creating that intimacy, creating an ultimate success of you in your life versus I'm an expert in mental fitness and then really my medical side on heart lung surgery. But we cannot be experts in everything in life. And that's okay because that might make us unique and make us human, right? <laughs> We're not machines, and we have set of rules and list of activities to follow. We're people with feelings, and we react based on them. Our bodies also react because we want to stay sane and to cope with the emotions that we feel. With that being said, it is vital that we give our bodies the pleasure that they deserve and need. Not only self-pleasure can recharge you from being stressed out at work, but it can also improve your self-esteem, especially in women. Hormonal changes can significantly affect our mood. This is why knowing how your body can react is important to counteract these sensitivities. And that's the reason that I asked our speakers to take a short version of my holistic life as I would work with my high-end um, clients. So uh, just to for all of us to realize each phase of our life, we want something different. And when we know what we are really good at, we can tap into that more. And when we know where we have been uneven on, then those might be the true area we should focus on and not the easier area of our life. So Tara, when you saw your life will, what was the something that popped into your mind? Well, it's interesting because now having reviewed it from when I filled it out so many months ago, I was feeling into, oh, my fitness actually has become much more a priority in my life because I've not been exercising as much as I would like to. And then it's been disrupting my sleep. And I feel like, oh, I work better when I have a trainer guiding me through the process because that's not my area of expertise. And yet I love to move my body. That's amazing. I know. Like last week I had a trainer. I haven't worked out for a long time too. Now I couldn't move for three days. <laughs> like, wow, I used to be doing bodybuilding fitness. How did I not be able to even move yeah, for three yeah, days? Yeah. Right? And it's okay. We, we all get to those points of our life and then we laugh about it. And then it's like, okay, now you feel really good. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I was, and I was just speaking to somebody about running the New York City Marathon and doing a half Ironman triathlon. And it's like, wow. That seems like a lifetime ago because now running seems like the furthest thing from my mind that I would want to do. So yeah, we change. We're dynamic beings. 
but fitness is still important to me. And just the goals are very different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now we know, and then we can become better at it. <laughs>、yeah. mm-hmm. Awesome. And I know you have been doing so much、um, between writing, between speaking, between running your private events and private coaching. People is definitely gonna love to connect with you and learn more about your methods since we barely tapped into it today. So how can people find you? The best way to find me is at rediscoveringmybody.com, which is my website, and it has all of the events and coaching packages that I offer.、Uh, Rediscovering my body is also my YouTube channel, my Facebook page, and my Instagram handle. Amazing! Make everything easier, right?、And、so much easier, yes.、Uh-huh. <laughs> It's also the name of my book on Amazon. So easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you liked today's episode. You're listening to me right now. Odds are, you're frustrated by how healthcare practices are running today. I'm with you. I'm looking to change the conversation that we're having in the healthcare industry. It starts with me and starts with you. I want to connect with you and get to know your struggles and success as a healthcare leader. Visit SabrinaRoundback.com/connect. Where you can send me a direct message. If you, like me, prefer speaking, then you can record a voice note on the page. Additionally, I can get you an exclusive invitation to one of my monthly collaboration think tanks that are limited to 30 healthcare disruptors who can accelerate your results. Now, open your browser, come to sabrinarombach.com/connect. And let's continue the conversation. She really gets the conversation. She understands. She's an incredible listener. We were talking about worthiness, and she really understands the concept of it, how it affects people in their businesses, in their clinics, in in their daily life, in their relationships. So I just want to encourage you to one listen to our show, but to jump on board and start listening to this woman because she has so much insight and wisdom that you don't want to miss out. Hi, this is Emmanuel Anthony, human behavioral speaker, researcher, writer, teacher, author, and consultant. I just had the amazing opportunity to connect with Sabrina on what I think is amongst one of the most professional podcasts that I've been on.、Uh, not only is her professionalism very high, but her understanding and her knowledge as well.、Uh, working with podcasters, sometimes I'm just being interviewed, which is perfectly fine because I'm there to share my knowledge. But this is one occasion where I can definitely say that the person that I was communicating with not only was receptive and understanding to the concepts that we were communicating in terms of business and mindset and growth. But she also had, was able to elaborate and expand on those concepts. Now I've been doing this for 11 years. I've been on a lot of podcasts. I've spoken to a lot of people with a wealth of knowledge. It was very, very fulfilling and very nice to be able to communicate with somebody that not only had a plethora of knowledge but could share that in a bite-sized and very easily understandable kind of way. Because it doesn't matter what kind of knowledge a person has if they can't communicate it to you. I've been speaking for the last ten, fifteen years in hundreds of college campuses,、um, but to be able to speak to a peer, someone who、uh, I can see eye to eye with on the same level, it becomes a conversation.、Uh, I'm not talking to an audience; I'm talking to a friend, or someone that I felt like I should have met ten, fifteen years ago.、Um, but you know, better late than never. 
here I am right now to be able to just know that I'm not alone in my thoughts, uh, to know that there are other people out there who have reached the similar conclusions that I have with completely wayward and different life paths, to know that uh, there are people like us out there who believe that you can do not just option A or option B, but to do both. You can have both, that you can have taken either two without hurting other people. There's an ethical ability that one may have when they channel their empathy to reach people and to have them go far together. I'm Christine Nguyen, I'm a family physician and um, the founder of the White Coat Romance, the dating app and development for um, healthcare professionals um, and the larger community of White Coat professionals. And I had the honor of being a guest on the uh, Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals podcast as hosted by the wonderful and lovely Sabrina Renbrack, whom is so empowering. Um, I love her energy. I love all the work that she's doing to support healthcare professionals. And we had just a blast, like talking about um, all the things that are relevant um, in our community and all the work that we're doing. And I love uh, listening to all of her podcasts and all the guests that she's interviewing um, and all the great work that they're doing. And it's just so inspiring. Um, her energy is infectious. And I love um, that she is constantly uplifting this community. So I encourage that everybody go out there and go check out her podcast. I would go ahead and binge on all the episodes like I did and you won't regret it. 